and welcome to a Stripper's Guide podcast, formerly the Penelope's Playhouse podcast. I'm your host, Lila, and my stripper name is Penelope. I'm a white, Jewish, queer, creator, writer, and stripper. I'm also the founder of A Stripper's Guide, life, leadership, and relationship coaching for queers, creatives, and sex workers. In all of my work, I endeavor to help people step into their unique power by examining the ways that both our personal experiences and broader social systems impact our relationships, communication skills, and our beliefs about ourselves, each other, and the worlds that contain us. On this show, my guests and I tackle issues we've personally encountered, ranging from and intersecting with gender, race, dating, sex work, misogyny, millennial existentialism, and beyond. If we're not already connected and you'd like to learn more about me, my art, or my offerings, join my newsletter, which is linked in the show notes of this podcast. I also invite you to follow me on Instagram at a stripper's guide and at LilaVision, which is spelled L-E-I-L-A-H-V-I-S-I-O-N. Both Instagram handles are linked in the show notes. The intro and outro music you hear on this show is my original music, which I have also linked in the show notes. If you like what you hear on this podcast, please send it to a friend. This episode is one part of my free five-part boundaries mini course. This mini course is designed for anyone looking for tips and pointers around how to strengthen and heal your boundaries in your relationship with yourself, with others, with your work, with your time and energy, all of it. All five parts are available here on this podcast, although this was originally recorded as an Instagram Live, so you'll hear me interacting with some of my followers. Hello, hi everyone. I haven't been live in a long time, not really since Club Penelope. Um, Just to remind you, today is the first day in my five-day mini-course on boundaries, and today I will be talking about boundaries and breakups. Um, So you can tune in every day this week, the first week of March, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. EST. Hi, Aurora. I'll be here um, with a different segment for each day. Um, So I'll just get into it, and um, if anybody watching this live played back has any questions, you can always DM me. Um, Okay, so... Boundaries, first and foremost, in general, uh, are important because um, they really create the structure of you. They create they create the shape of you in the world. Um, they define how you move, how you act in relationships, how you uh, interact with time, with people, with work, with yourself. Um, and then something that I think is really important about boundary work is to to accept that it's ongoing and that um, no matter how much work we do, there's always more work to be done because it's something that even though boundaries themselves are very, very concrete and clear and structured, our needs and our wants and our desires are constantly in flux. And so our boundaries are there to protect our needs and protect our emotions. And, um, and so as the nature of needs and emotions are constantly changing, um, our boundaries need to change with them. And that's not to say that every boundary we have 
will necessarily change or that every need we have will necessarily change. But there are different times in our lives when we have different needs. And breakups are really significant time because they're often a time of grief. Um, and there's certainly a time of big shift and big change. And so like, oh, hello, hi, Kadian. And so when we're going through a breakup, our, our boundaries change by nature because suddenly there is a boundary released around a relationship that's been in place and 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 so like how do we how do we stay on top of that and how do we whether it's a whether it's a healthy breakup or a messy breakup um and I think that there's there's a really important reason to stay um to stay on top of your needs and boundaries in both circumstances and so today I want to talk about why like why with each type of breakup um i think boundary work is so important um so whether you're in whether you're in a have been in a relationship that has been in, you know uh, with healthy levels of conflict or low levels of conflict or high levels of conflict um there's good reason to check in on yourself when you break up in terms of what you need and for your own well-being going forward. Um, and our needs during times of great change and grief uh, are, are significant, right? Like we have to take care of ourselves. When, when we're going through something really intense, like our needs have to come front and center. And if they're not coming front and center, there's a boundary issue because it, we should be in a position, ideally, to be able to center our feelings no matter what else is going on. Um, and if you're not able to do that following a breakup, how are you going to process and move forward? Um, and you know, if it's a conscious uncoupling and if it's a, and if it's a consensual breakup where, where everybody involved is trying to, you know, um, make, make it as compassionate as possible going forward, that's amazing. Um, and still, it's a time when like now you are a solo flyer and now it's time to hi welcome welcome to who's here um it's time to uh figure out what life looks like in with a relationship a very significant relationship that's no longer there um and and so that's why I think boundaries are really important even if you're leaving a healthy relationship um because it's like you you still have to create the shape of you going forward. Uh, and, and I think that there's a catch too for even people who have been in a healthy relationship with healthy conflict. And hopefully you'll, you'll sort of see what I mean as I talk about relationships that have been high conflict or low conflict. Because a relationship that is very high conflict or very low conflict is not actually a healthy relationship. Um, every close relationship comes with conflict it's natural it's a part of two adult humans uh interacting is that eventually our needs are not going to match up and we're going to have to mitigate something and that's normal and that's okay and that's good and healthy conflict is a place to build intimacy um but in relationships that are very high conflict or relationships that are very low conflict uh typically one or more person is not getting their needs met um, and so if you've got a baseline of shaky boundaries, you and we, people, people with a baseline of shaky boundaries, people who are conditioned into unhealthy boundaries growing up by our circumstances at home, by the messaging we were taught as children. Um, and you know, it just to give a little brief overview, unhealthy boundaries look like 
giving away too much of your time, automatically saying yes to things when people ask you for favors, even though you know you can't fit it in your in your life or your schedule, um, bending over backwards to make people happy, doing favors for others when they don't ask you to, and then getting upset when they don't appreciate your help, um, uh, sort of creating... Um, creating space for other people to, hey, Amanda, creating space for, for your partner to, um, carry on with their bullshit and like creating, creating space for somebody else to not do the things that they say that they're going to do, not honor their commitments to the relationship. Um, you know, going, going over and beyond to, to make up for their slack. Um, those types of, that type of conditioning creates shaky and watery boundaries. Um, and again, boundaries by nature are solid. Boundaries must be solid. And so if you've got a baseline of shaky boundaries that you've never really had um, a lot of work on, you haven't had a lot of opportunity to work on it in your relationships, uh, you end up getting into relationships that repeat those patterns. And so what that can look like in terms of conflict in a romantic relationship is on the really low conflict. And that's when two people who are conflict avoidant end up getting together and then both people pleasing the other and neither one of you really going, going into it fully honestly about your needs because you're afraid that if you state your needs, you'll stir the pot and then you guys will have conflict and conflict makes you really nervous. And so, and if you're both like that, then you've got this situation where you're both people pleasing each other. Um, and so low conflict relationships can feel like healthy relationships because they don't look volatile and they're not volatile. They don't feel volatile. Um, but what they can feel like is dull and they can feel like, and, and it's, it's hard because like, it doesn't mean that the other person isn't wonderful and you don't love them and you don't, you know, but it's, it's, so it's hard to admit when you feel dull in a relationship or when you feel like your shine is being, um, not polished and you're not, you're feeling yourself not being able to sparkle, um, and, and then, and so we fool ourselves in low conflict relationships. We fool ourselves into thinking we're in a healthy relationship and then we get out of the relationship. And what has not been given an opportunity to work on is our boundaries because we're not necessarily, we don't necessarily know that that's what needs help. Um, because it doesn't look like what we typically think of, which are high conflict and or toxic and or abusive relationships. And so in a high conflict, the, like the other end of the spectrum in a high conflict relationship, usually the person who I described earlier, who's been conditioned into, hello, welcome, and word of mouth. Um, and Nanita Chilena, hi. Thank you guys for being here. Um, today we're talking about boundaries and breakups. And so in a high conflict relationship, uh, if you're the person that I described earlier, the person who was conditioned into having shaky boundaries, into people pleasing, into bending over backwards, into making excuses for somebody else who's not carrying their weight in an adult consensual relationship, which is a 50-50 situation as a baseline. That's what it should feel like. Um, so in high conflict relationships, they tend to happen between either one person who is always willing to bend over backwards for the other uh, and somebody who's very happy to have somebody bending over backwards for, for them and um, making up for making up for their slack. So then you have the, the dynamic of like a people pleaser and a narcissist. This is why uh, the narcissist and the empath end up to like it's a classic 
you know, sort of like relationship disaster, perfect storm situation. Um, so that's one, that's one way that that works. And then another is like when there's a high conflict relationship with two high conflict individuals, um, who are, you know, there, there are many reasons that we can be high conflict individuals in relationship. And a lot of them, you don't have to be a narcissist to be like, you know, not not performing highly as a partner um there's a lot of reasons like if we've got deep-seated fears if we've got deep-seated abandonment issues if we've got you know deep-seated insecurities about x y and z whatever all of those things like we all bring our bullshit to our relationships and so in a high conflict relationship that makes it more obvious when it's over that you know something was deeply wrong because you feel like so deeply shaken on so many levels and if you're self-reflecting in any way you're able to recognize that and be like I don't feel good um and so in if it does speak to you though that you're like this sort of baseline type of person who is willing to sacrifice your own boundaries for the sake of the relationship you're in and then, you know, you are more likely probably to work on them. If you're willing to recognize that the issue is your own lack of, of healthy boundaries, then like the breakup is a great time to look at it. And also it, a, an extra, an extra challenging hurdle, I think for there, there can be an extra challenging hurdle for both low conflict relationships and high conflict relationships in that in low conflict relationships, oftentimes that partner has has been, you know, a really good friend and has been somebody who you get along with really well. Um, even if like the reason you get along so well is because you guys aren't actually talking about what you really need. Um, it, there's sort of that pull of like, there's my safety blanket. There's my best friend. There's my, you know, that person who like never makes my life difficult and, and is always there. And, you know, is like, helping out around the house if we live together or whatever it is like it's usually another person who is trying to make your life very easy and so when the breakup happens and all the emotions come up and you're really sad you want to rely on that person and then you get in the slippery slope of like you know, we are such good friends. Maybe we want to keep a friendship going. Maybe we have consciously uncoupled, but we know we want to be friends long-term like navigating that, that, space that very like tricky slippery space where it's really easy to like make excuses for yourself as to why you should you know go back and hang out with them or go back and spend the night with them or whatever it is um and that's a that's a that's definitely a red flag that you are not actually minding your boundaries because you're not you're not actually separating you're not actually cutting the tie with somebody who you know you need to cut a tie with and what why do we break up we break up because one or both people involved in the relationship and I'm not I totally fully applies to polyamory but I'm talking about relationship between one individual and another regardless of whether you're in a poly situation or not um one or both of you have, out, or I mean, it applies to Polly too. One or both or all of you have outgrown the current situation and you're at an impasse. So, so it's, it's growth. We break up because one or more of us has stagnated. Um, and it's possible that one or we realize like, not only am I stagnating now, like you could be stagnating now, but worst case scenario, you look back and you're like, oh shit, I've been stagnating since the beginning. I've been stagnating this whole time and I can't grow here anymore. Um, and so we, we owe it to ourselves 
to have the boundaries in place that we need. Once we know we need to leave a relationship, boundaries are what help us get into a new place so we don't repeat the same patterns. And if we're in a high conflict relationship, so that was low conflict, like boundaries, growth, leaving a relationship, breakups for growth reasons are true across the board. Um, But like the slippery slope with leaving a low conflict relationship is that that person feels really good and safe. And when you're sad and you're going through this like grieving time of breaking up, you want to be comforted. And that person is the person you want to turn to and you can't. And so you need to figure out what to put in place of that. Cause now there's a person shaped hole in your life. As my best friend once put it to me, um, and then in high conflict relationships, you know, in very toxic relationships where a, a, an addiction cycle has been created because you've got somebody giving you inconsistent feedback. And so you've got like serotonin levels rising and falling all the time. That's like, that is leaving an addiction. That's leaving a, that, that's, that's like, that's like going cold turkey. And if you are in a relationship with a narcissist or somebody else who's willing to, violate your boundaries um the slippery slope there is that they're going to come back for you over and over and over again and anybody who's been in a toxic or abusive relationship knows it often you you don't get out the first time usually it takes the average is seven times if you're leaving an abusive relationship it takes seven times on average to actually leave that person um and so boundaries so here's like the that's the that's the nitty gritty of it. But then the reason why boundaries are so, so, so important is not just to keep you safe and move you to the next chapter of your life, um, but they are to give you the space it takes to get to know yourself again after a relationship in which you didn't have healthy boundaries. So if you've gone all this time without healthy boundaries, you don't actually know what you need or you don't know how to protect it. And by starting to commit to your boundaries upon your breakup, you're able to create new space in your life so that single you can go forward and get to know yourself better and create new habits so that the next time you get into relationship, any relationship, whether it's platonic or personal or professional or romantic, whatever, you've figured out what you need and how to ask for it. And so you don't repeat the unhealthy relationship patterns that got you to the moment that you're in in the first place. Um, you, You owe boundaries to yourself. And especially if you are in a situation where you're breaking up with a narcissist or you're breaking up with a really toxic person and they are reaching for you and they are asking for you to come back and, you know, doing all the things and love bombing you, which is basically like re-romancing you all over again after disappointing you over and over and over again, because that's how the cycle works. Your boundaries, and even if you're getting out, whatever relationship you're getting out of, to avoid the slippery slope of falling back in. Your boundaries are the safe place for your emotions to live. So if you, if you're working on your boundaries, you're free to feel whatever you need to feel while you're going through this really challenging time. And that's such a relief. And I think there's, I know I'm a couple minutes over. Um, and if anybody has questions, please feel free to drop them in the chat. Um, but one of the things I was thinking about today was like, when I went through my last breakup, which was with an abusive narcissist, um, I, 
I'm also into astrology. So anybody here who's listening who that speaks to and, and you you like astrology and you gravitate towards it, I'm not saying this is the only way to go about things, but um, I you know if, if astrology speaks to you, why not? Um, I really started to get to know my chart and use my chart placements to understand how to navigate this breakup. I am a Sagittarius moon. I have a Sagittarius chart signature, which means that emotionally um, I'm incredibly spontaneous, fiery. I need a lot of space and freedom and like, uh, uh, I'm super emotional and, um, very impulsive. And when I'm not in a good place, that is, you know, just, I'm in full wild child mode. And my, I am fortunately for me, I am a Virgo sun and a Taurus rising. And during my heinous breakup a couple of years ago, I, was able to like tap into my chart and be like, okay, like my Sagittarius moon wants me to do everything that's unhealthy for me right now. I'm going to take my earth signs and create some boundaries for myself so that I can feel whatever I need to feel. So this Sag moon of mine and, and my, all my Sag placements can like freak out the way they need to, they need to freak out. But I, now I know the rules. So like, I can't, I can't answer these texts. I can't let them keep calling me from a, like, you know, they're calling me from block numbers. I had to change my number. Like these are boundaries. These are things that people really have to do depending on how, how your breakup is going. And sometimes the person who pulls you back into patterns of unhealthy boundaries, like the person, the person responsible for pulling you back into the pattern is you. It's not the, it's not the person knocking on your door. It's not the person apologizing. It's not, it's not the person like, you know, promising to go to therapy or change or whatever. It's you. Um, it's up to you to recognize the patterns that are going on in your life and up to you to be like, okay, I'm done. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, whether it's a, whether it's with a volatile partner or a partner that you get along with really well, it's up to you to be like, okay, like my life cannot be this shape anymore because I cannot grow into this shape. I'm growing another way. And this, this shape is stunting me. And if you're already like, I need this help, I need more help with my boundaries than I am able to help myself with at this moment. If you know this is you, if you know you need work, and if you know that your life has been stuck on repeat in terms of unhealthy relationship patterns, I have a four-month intensive coming up. It's called A Stripper's Guide to Boundaries. We begin on Thursday, March 18th, and we run through June 27th. And uh, so if you're interested in that, there is still space. Uh, it's very limited. It's a small group of no more. I'm not taking any more than 15 people because um, I, like, I like to work small so that we can really get in there. And so every single person gets, you know, a lot of time and attention. Um, the format for that program is uh, 12 co group coaching calls. Uh, so it's three Thursdays a month. And then you've got one week off to kind of assimilate everything. Um, I do have a guest coach coming the second Thursday. So that is March 25th. Um, Sarah Beyer of Intuitive Edge Coaching will be joining us to talk about breaking toxic relationship patterns. Um, and so this is just a real intensive deep dive into all of the cornerstones that uh, have to be overhauled in terms of in, in terms of like patterns, personal patterns and behaviors in order to actually practice and implement and and set and commit to uh, boundary work. Because like I said at the beginning, it's ongoing. And But the toolkit is there. So once you learn the tools and you really assimilate them and you really practice them, you'll be better going forward at, at boundaries in general. And that's 
that's what it is. It's, it's like once you get it down and you know how to do it and you know how to listen to your instincts and your intuition and you know how to say no and you don't feel guilty about saying no for the things that you want and need and the ways that you know you have to protect yourself and your time and your energy. It's like the training wheels come off and then it's just like everything just feels so much clearer. And one of the things that I noticed really marked my life like pre and post uh, boundary practice is that my life used to feel really messy. And if you're a person who like your life feels messy and that feels like a trademark and a signature for your life, um, it often feels like that's the only way to live. And I promise you it is not. And if you want help with this stuff and you know you need it, please come, please join. I created this program for you. Um, it's not just for people who have gone through, uh, you know, toxic or abusive relationships. Although the narcissistic survivors of narcissistic abuse, I, I really like, I really invite you in. Um, you are in good company. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's for anybody who knows that this stuff is, that this stuff is what you want to do. And you want to like have a new, have a new way of, of being in the world and have more elbow room and have more space by summer of 2021. If you're ready to make a big change, um, it's here. So it's, it's here for you. And uh, if you have questions about that, you can always DM me. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you have a beautiful evening. If you like what you hear on a stripper's guide podcast, please send it to a friend. It would also mean a lot if you could leave a review on Apple podcasts. I'll meet you back here for the next episode. Thanks for listening. They come to watch me dance. They say I make them feel wild. Feel wild. If you come, you better bring bands. I got an expensive smile. <laughs> got that sugar baby sway when I move.